And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresteth. Thank you for being with me today. You know, sometimes uh, it, you've got to deal with bad news before you can ever get to good news. And I always I think of Jeremiah, the prophet, who uh, is he is called. And if you you know go through the language that's used as God calls Jeremiah to his prophetic role, two thirds of um, the of the description of what Jeremiah is to do, what he has to do. It turns out to be what you might call uh, dismantling or destroy, destructing or knocking things down. It's only one-third, which is building up. Now that's—and and commentators on that section of Jeremiah's call have pointed out that that's not normally the way things are uh, as one lives a life uh, under— uh, the Lordship of Christ, uh, where our primary task is, of course, positive, our proclamation of good news. But there come times in the history of the church where uh, there just has to be uh, a con- continued uh, expose, the shining of light into ugly corners of the church's life. Now, I don't want to get ahead of the evidence here, because uh, what we've got is bad enough, right? Uh, and we shouldn't be naive about what might be implied here. But what we're looking at, we're looking at a general secretary of the U.S. Bishops' Conference. This is an incredibly important and high-ranking position. In fact, it's the highest-ranking position, which is a non-Episcopal position uh, in the American uh, church. So we now have evidence uh, that he engaged in serial sexual misconduct while he held critical oversight positions in the Catholic Church's response to the sexual abuse and misconduct scandals. That's the old uh, fox guarding the hen house type of story. Uh, we don't know all that he did. We know from the analysis of the app data signals that have been correlated to Burrell's mobile device uh, we, and we can see that he visited gay bars and private residents while using, and this is important, using a location-based hookup app in cities, numerous cities, from 2018 to 2020, even when he's traveling on assignment for the U.S. Bishops' Conference. I mean, this is, this is a story which I know some people are going to run with this and immediately jump to uh, extraordinary acts of innuendo, um, it's inevitable that people will do that. Uh, I think responsible Christians are going to look at this evidence and keep pushing for further disclosure, but that's different than constructing uh, fantasies about what might have happened. Now, according to these commercially available records, uh, these are signal. This is signal data from the app Grinder. They were obtained by the Pillar. And uh, this is uh, a Catholic investigative group that has done some outstanding work, unlike other places, which are filled with shock tactics and innuendo. The pillar has been doing serious investigative work. And in this case, they've actually uncovered, through their own investigation, a high-ranking official. Uh, People have made accusations for a long time, but the evidence wasn't there. The suspicion was there. But there's a difference between suspicion, innuendo, in actual evidence. 
there's more here than meets the eye. I'm sure there's more here than meets the eye. And it's inevitable that people are going to want uh, explanations and answers. And that, in all honesty, we deserve it. We deserve it. We deserve it as the people of God. We deserve it because uh, the truth is uh, we expect better. We, this, is, this, this is a fellow who made certain vows. He made uh, certain professional commitments, and apparently he was living in direct violation. As he was going about claiming that he was doing investigative work uh, in this area. So let me just stop focusing on this scurrilous, ugly incident. And let's go back to what we're about. Uh, we don't mind going over the ugly stuff. But that's not why we exist. We exist for the purpose of building up the church in order to bless the nations of the world. And the Catholic Church remains the only institution among men that has the divine promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I want to stress that that's not a defensive statement. That's an offensive statement. Uh, a lot of times when people invoke uh, that promise that the gates of hell won't prevail against the church, they're thinking of the church as kind of... Uh, under distress, hiding in some, you know, cathedral basement with people in a little prayer circle, uh, uh, worried that the, the devil is beating down the, the doors of the church and they're going to be attacked. That's not what that passage is about. That passage is about the aggressive forward action of the church in battering down the gates of hell. It's the gates of hell that are being battered down by Christ Jesus through his body, on the earth, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. As the church, the extension of Jesus, his kingdom, as the church goes out into the world to beat back the forces of darkness. And that, you know, that, that comes back to each one of us. Because as members of one body, we are cells in Christ's body. And our obedience in our own sphere of life strengthens that body just as disobedience in the lives of certain members of the church create tremendous dismay. Yesterday, I was talking with Father Dave Pavanka. Uh, and I've known Father Dave probably 20 years now, and I, he, I always liked him, and I was surprised when he became president of the Franciscan University of Steubenville because I didn't realize he had uh, administrative gifts. That's not how I knew him. I knew him as a spiritual uh, teacher. But yesterday we were talking about metanoia, and that's the word from in New Testament Greek, which means from turning from one thing to another. It's most commonly translated repentance or repent, but its broadest meaning simply means a turning, a turning from sin and a turning to God, a turning from those things which distract us from the pursuit of God, turning from self-indulgence, self-importance, self-aggrandizement, and turning to ways of humility, service, and virtue. And the point of our conversation yesterday was the importance of ongoing metanoia, ongoing conversion, ongoing. Now, uh, this is uh, what we continue to need in our personal lives and we need it as a body. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops need to take a look 
at what metanoia requires. What does it mean for them to turn at this point in their history? Now that we have this new information, what, what's the significance of it? So we turn from ways that distract us from God. We turn to ways that make straight a path to our God. Now we're living in a strange period of human history where we have what's called pluralism. And in our society, it means that there are many competing definitions of God. There's not just one. You're not living in 17th century Massachusetts Bay where the Puritans largely controlled the information and uh, they had a certain definition of God. Now we've got God can be he, she, or it in American society. Uh, the, the noun God has many different meanings. It's kind of like a wax nose that you can twist any way you want. And self-styled spirituality is what America is all about. They want to do it their way. Everybody has their own, quote, path to God. To cut through a lot of speculation about God, one of Father Dave's seminary profs used to say, we have a Jesus-shaped God. So when Christians want to remember who God is, or when friends ask, what's God like? The simplest and easiest thing to do is turn to Jesus. He is the Word of God made flesh. He's, he's not only the God who's high and lifted up and transcendent, he's not only uh, the wisdom who designs the cosmos and the heavens and the earth, he's not just the lawgiver who's the source of morality. He's, in fact, love, uh, the source of existence. In Jesus, God stooped down to show us himself and speak to us very specifically in, in propositions, uh, in language that we could understand. He made himself accessible, he made himself available, and he made himself vulnerable to human beings. The Son of God was so committed to sharing with us the life of God that he took on human flesh as the son of Mary and let the rulers of this world do their worst. And they did. The worst they could deliver was crucifixion and death. But in the resurrection, Jesus demonstrates that their sin, their violence, their wickedness was not the last word in the human story. God has the last word. And he has the last word when it comes to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, too. When all is said and done, he will not be mocked. And Jesus remains with us to this day. The resurrected Christ is still available, accessible, and present. And I might say, vulnerable, too. Uh, and that's what we see here. We see the abuse of the sacrament of holy orders. We see the abuse of just the basic principles of good, uh, sound management and administration. So the name of Jesus is very definitely made vulnerable when wicked clerics participate in behavior uh, which completely undermines the plausibility of the faith. But remember again, the worst the world can do, and the worst that bad clerics can do, is death and destruction. But in the resurrection, we learn that that is never the last word in our story. 
God has the last word. And Jesus said he would be with us until the close of the age. And he does that for us, not only by forming his body, the church, so that we've got men and women who are also in Christ that we can relate to. But he, he comes to us in the inscripturated word, the Bible, the scriptures. And he comes to us, of course, most supremely in the Eucharist, where he makes himself again available, accessible. And in the Eucharist, we, as his people, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a proclamation that's being made. So, I mean, we, for instance, we call ourselves Ave Maria Radio here because uh, the word of God was first broadcast to this world through his mother, <laughs> the Blessed Virgin Mary. She made the word of God accessible, available, and present to this world through her maternity. And so we try uh, at EWTN and Ave Maria Radio, we try to transmit the word of God to the world around us so that this word is accessible, available, and present. We use electronics and digital means. Part of the human condition after the fall is that we humans are always looking to find meaning, purpose, and satisfaction apart from the place where we should be looking, and that is to Christ himself. And that's what we have in the case of this cleric who was scooting all around the country trying to hook up with various people. Why? Because he never found satisfaction where he ought to find it. He was looking for love in all the wrong places, as the song goes. That's no reason for us to alter our living. We stay and abide with Christ.